And welcome along to the very latest uh, Forever Blue podcast and uh, we're getting very close to the new season now. So today we're going to be looking ahead to the Community Shield game against Liverpool, looking back on the last couple of games of pre-season, concluding with the victory against Yokohama Marinos, uh, but also talking about Leroy Sane, where we're up to with that, and uh, the words that have been spoken by the city manager on Phil Foden. There might be other subjects that come up too. Uh, I have, uh, as ever, a distinguished panel here. Well, the best I could gather at short notice. And uh, I have with me um, Tony, who is from Hot Click Marketing, who have been the sponsors of this podcast all year. So a very, very big thank you, Tony, for your support. And now you can have your say as well. I know you've done it once before, haven't you? Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, I'm Tony from Hot Click Marketing, hot underscore click on Twitter. Um, Got my personal one out there, which a lot of people follow anyway. Um, But yeah, glad to be back. Just tell us a little bit about your company, because it's normally me telling people, so you might as well do it yourself. Well, in terms of Hot Click and what we do, a lot of it is down to getting companies on top of Google. So uh, regardless of what your business is, um, everybody, obviously, 80% of the UK use Google to do their searches. And it's a case of making sure businesses, charities are found on there. And we work with a wide, oh, get my words out, a wide range of businesses from uh, small to medium sector, from your white van man to you know people employing 10, 20 people. And uh, yeah, if literally if you're looking at getting your website out there and want more traffic, just get in touch and glad to uh, have a chat. As you know, no Tony is a big blue, so obviously he's going to look at you very favourably if you contact As him. always, <laughs> as, uh, I look after everybody, but I take uh, special care of the blues. Excellent. Now we've got Harlan next to us as well. Harlan, mm-hmm. who I first came across doing the vlogs, uh, the YouTube vlogs, which, by the way, will return at Wembley uh, for the Community Shield. And, and um, once again, City are going to be putting my Premier League vlogs on their club website. Uh, I assume that's where it's going to go rather than the new app or whatever, but either way, it will certainly be on City's platform for the new season for all the Premier League games as well, which I thank them very much for. That's where you'll have first seen Harlan on those vlogs. Yeah, it feels a long time ago now, Ian. I'm receding a bit more now uh, since. You've been talking um, on here since then, though, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's like I say, just just to... to, to I, I knew Ian uh, through Facebook for years to, to finally see him at the game. Uh, I think we played Everton uh, at the start of that season. Um, you know, have a chat with Ian and then start to get on the vlogs more regularly, get the feedback. I've just sent a tweet out now saying thanks to everyone for... Uh, the kind um, kind words and feedback and positive comments that I've had via direct message as well, just to say, keep up the good work, well done for doing what you're doing, um, you're the voice of the Blue family, so it's, it's fantastic and I absolutely adore coming here, um, it's it's part of my weekly routine, even when I'm not here, I'm warming up at home in my front room, ready for the week <laughs> after, um, stretching off and that, so yeah, I love it and uh, I'm glad to be back again tonight, Ian. And we have a new member of the team, I put out a tweet um, the other day saying if anybody wanted to come along and... Uh, and we could, you know, judge them, and you can judge us, and uh, and and whatnot. There were three or four people who contacted me. Only one's turned up, and that is Russ. All right, mate. How are you doing? Tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, long time blue. First wet in '68. Lean in a bit uh, so we can hear yeah. you. First wet in '68. Done a few things. Uh, been on with you on Blue Tuesday. Um, good to be involved. Good to be involved. Good to see you, lads, and looking forward to uh, seeing what we're chatting about. Really. Right, well, we'll get, and obviously t- today you're playing uh, wearing the St Mark's shirt, yeah. which goes back right to the beginning of City's history. And it's the only one that fits me because <laughs> City don't do big sizes. Believe me, <laughs> I was hoping the Puma stuff might be big, but looking at it, not a chance. 
Right, let's talk. There's a lot of subjects we can talk about. And by the way, um, we'll be, we're going to be moving our recording venue from where we are at the moment, which is the Holiday Inn on Central Park, which we, we thank them for, to Tameside Radio, where I do a weekly show. And that will mean that as we go into the new season, there'll be a lot more possibility of bringing in ex-players and things like that. So watch this space for changes. And if you're watching the video, you might see the mug and the T-shirt. So we're sort of growing, you know what I mean? So... Uh, Thanks to you, that is. So thanks very much for, for listening and supporting us. So let's. where do we start? Let's start with the, the two last pre-season games, concluding with the game against Yokohama. Since Russ is, is new to the team, let's start with you, Russ. Did you, did you watch the two games? Did you watch them on the app? Uh, did they matter to you? And if you did watch them, what did you think of them? I did, yeah. watched them both on the app, and it worked perfectly for me. And I mean, I have to say what it was through. Yeah. Right, I'd watched it through my fire stick. Um, the first one buffered a little bit, second one perfect all the way through. The games, I thought Kitchi was a run out, it was okay, and we got a few kids involved and what have you, and obviously we won. The game yesterday fascinated me, because Yokohama played like us, which I think is a great warm up for, for Liverpool. The high presters, their keeper impressed me, I thought, oh, it's like Edison, the way he was firing yeah. out and. I thought Bravo did as well. Did well as well yesterday for us. I was impressed with him. But I thought it was a really, really valuable build-up for us. It was obviously, it's hot over there. We put a lot of work in. They made us work as well, to be fair. And um, yeah, I thought we looked, looked sharper than we did in the Kitchy game, which was uh, obviously good. And it was nice to see us passing the ball about. I think Rodri is becoming more and more integral part at midfield. And I thought Angelino, after a bit of a shaky start, where I saw he got a bit of stick on Twitter from a few City accounts saying what we bought in for, he looked far more at home yesterday. Obviously, it's going to take time, because there was that interesting thing I read in the week about <coughs> foreign players coming to English football and how long it actually takes for them to embed into the game. And Not everyone's going to do it straight away. Some need a few months, some might need six months, some might need 12 months. But overall, I think Angelino and Rodri have both made positive starts. And I think it's been a good tour for us. Is the difference, though, with Angelino, is it not <coughs> different? Because obviously he was at City for quite a while before he then went on his other ventures. I think, yeah, possibly. But <coughs> did he leave before Pep? Yeah. Come? Yeah. And I think it's a totally different ball game now Pep's here. Because you're learning a totally different way of playing to what he did under Pellegrini, it would have been, wouldn't it? So... He's come in and he's got all these new styles and new players as well, new characters. I know he's, he's the new boy, so he's got to start fitting. He's got to learn how we play. He's got to learn the tactics and everything. And I think in time, he's going to be a good backup. I don't think he'll be first choice, but I think, well, the way Zinchenko is playing, I think he's going to be first choice because I thought he was superb. But I think he's a good backup and I think as the season progresses, we'll see more and more of him. Maybe not in the important games, but definitely in some of the lesser games, maybe the League Cup games and maybe some of the, it's hard to say, lesser league games because none of them are easy. But I think it'll do all right. What do you two think? I didn't catch the second game. I caught the Yokohama uh, one yesterday, uh, but not the middle one I was away. But um, in terms of Angelino, uh, really impressed me yesterday uh, for he's getting some unnecessary stick considering it's his third game about um, forward since he's been back and you know like Russ just said it's a lot better than in for me um, new faces new styles new managers 
Um, and just give him time. He is young, you know. I know we've uh, bought him back, but he's, you know, I think he's twenty one, is he? Um, so he's still young, still learning. Um, and just giving the time that we give everybody else, essentially. In terms of the game itself, again, I know we're going to touch on the CFG, but again, they played that attacking football, and I think it was probably the best team we could play as preparation for Liverpool in terms of styles and matching to what we might see in the Community Shield. And I think that was probably our Community Shield starting eleven as well uh, that we started with yesterday. Yeah, I, uh, I watched... I didn't catch the Kitchy game. Um, I did watch the Yokohama game. Um, I agree with... Every single one of you. Um, it was a great way to prepare uh, for what's going to be, in my opinion, we're going to get onto this later on in the Liverpool game more specifically. Um, it's going to be a tough game, and to me, it does matter. If you know what I think about the Charity Shield, Community Shield, whatever you want to call it, um, I always see it as the last game of the previous season and not the first game of a new one, because uh, you have to qualify to play in it. Uh, you can't just play in it one off um, at, the, at the drop of a hat. But going back to the game, uh, great preparation. Um, me and Ian had a discussion off air about Angelino last week. I'm going to stick by my guns. Um, I really <coughs> rate him. Uh, Ian watched him a lot more than me. Obviously, Ian was going to the youth games and stuff years ago as well, watching him uh, in a lot more depth than me. But I've always held a soft spot for him. And when him and Matteo left the club, and I've tweeted this out as well, I was a bit devastated, to I be was. honest, because I thought that both of them had, had really bright futures at City. And I think Matteo would have probably give Walker a bit of a rocket last season had he still been at the club as well but yeah great game overall and um, and yeah Nemecha really made me happy yesterday as well he has done all tour to be honest um, you know not a great spell at Preston um, didn't play that much football um, and I didn't hear too much about him scoring too many goals but it's it's the fact that he gets in them areas he gets in them back post areas he's always you know looking um, to score goals and he's powerful and he's the kind of striker that we've not already got within this squad uh, we've not got that target man type striker I and I think exactly to, 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 to have somebody like that that's big, powerful and strong um, is only a bonus it's not it's not a negative and hopefully he gets a few minutes next season This game was against a Yokohama Marinos which is one of the CFG group I mean I don't think City's owners completely own Yokohama but they have a substantial stake with them yeah, yeah. Uh, but you'd regard them really if you go into the CFA, um, you know you see the emblem of Yokohama Marinos up there with Melbourne City and New York City. So they are seen as part of the CFG group. And it's funny when City started with with uh, this CFG group, uh, I personally um, started watching New York City games when they were on Sky or whatever channel they were on. Uh, and I was very interested in them for a while. I even went on was lucky enough to be on holiday and see them play in the flesh. I can't deny that since then I've started to lose a little bit of interest in the the sister clubs and and I suppose as I, what I was trying to do was as a city fan seeing somebody wearing sky blue and called city and know they were part of this this family added the interest for me but maybe I, I'm an odd one in this but I just seem to have lost a little bit of interest. Do you, do you have an? In, do, I mean now you've seen your armour in the flesh, will that increase your interest in in them and? What about the rest of the CFG group? I'll keep an eye on them, um, but not an active interest. And I think that's just partly cultural. Um, I think in terms of the British footballing culture, we're very partisan and tribal to our one team. And we very rarely kind of commit to another team as well. 
Um, but also his life in that sense, having chance to watch, you know, Yokohama or um, New York City, etc. It's the times following them and that side of it. Um, I don't actively follow them in terms of watching the games, but I do obviously follow them on social, so I keep tabs as terms of what's going on. Um, but saying that, it does work internationally, and we see it with international fans, in particular America, Japan, where they are just as hardcore and sometimes as Manchester City fans as they are New York or Yokohama fans. So it does work in terms of branding, which is obviously one of the reasons the club did it. Um, but also in terms of sending the kids out, you know, uh, Girona last year, New York City, uh, gives them great experience. So I'm all for it. Um, don't necessarily like the moniker of citizens, but that's a separate issue. Uh, but yeah, I'm uh, all for the CFG group. In Angelino, of course, spent some time at New York yeah. City. Yeah, go on. That would be the club that I'd be sending young players to now. Um, I like watching J-League football whenever it's on. Um, if you watch the Japanese national football team, the men's teams, uh, the women's team are outstanding, to be honest. If you watch the men's team, there's some outstanding young, um, up-and-coming Japanese players as well, uh, developing in the J-League. Um, it obviously doesn't get the publicity over here that it probably deserves, but to them, that's their league and the Premier League does get the publicity because it's such a worldwide league. Um, but that's where I'd be sending a few more young kids now after um, after seeing them play, and I don't think it's going to do them any harm. Um, I'm not overly um, obsessed, shall I say, with watching New York City anymore. I was in the same boat as you, Ian, um, when they had Via, um, and Angelino went out on loan, and they had uh, Mixed Discrude, you might remember him, um, and, and Grobeveld. Um, I watched them then. Um, since then, I've kind of stopped watching them a bit, uh, I keep tabs like you, Tom, on social media um, and always hope they do well. But when I saw that Girona had got relegated, a uh, bit of a, you know, oh, no, you know, not, I wasn't crying, but I was, oh, no, you know, I like Girona, they're a good side. I followed them a bit more in um, in Spain um, since we, we bought them um, or purchased a part of them. Um, and, yeah, as a City fan, I was a bit good for them, yeah, and other City fans might not care, but... Yeah, that was just how I felt about it, man. Mm. I saw New York City's first game when they played at the academy, which was, was interesting, you know, to go along and see this brand new sort of city. And I watch them when I can, if they're on the telly and there's nothing else on, and I watch most football, to be honest. And it adds a bit of interest because, obviously, they play in our colours, they've got a city in the name. I'm not, I won't go out of my way to do it, but I think it's a great idea to bring them all in and have this one single philosophy like we show with um, Mario's, you know, they all play together. So obviously the, the training methods, the techniques, everything all goes inside the group together. So they're all learning together, there's interchange of um, techniques and whatever else they can do. Well, But yeah, it's, um, if people want to watch them, great. If they don't, they don't have to, you know, and I can totally understand why you have the one club because Man City's my club. But the other thing that I thought might have seen yesterday that I didn't was half and half scarves and I didn't see any in the crowd. Yeah, mental large. Yeah, there was a section of their fans and there was a section of like City fans all in City shirts. And I thought, I wonder if there's going to be any half and half scarves. And I didn't see any. Interesting, yeah. yeah. Now, I, never, I never thought of that, but you're right. The, I didn't spot any in the crowd either. Now, while we're on the subject of Yokohama, it was at the press conference before that game that Pep sat, sat there with Phil Foden. Um, and you might argue that, uh, well, you, you can argue however you want, um, so I don't want to take the words out of your mouth, but 
when Phil Foden is actually sat next to you as your manager, does that then affect what you say about him? So, for example, uh, Will, who's on the other side of the camera tonight, you know, filming bits for us, as he always does, um, if I imagine that he is the, is the press and I'm sat next to you, Harlan, and you're a City player, and somebody says to me, what do you think of Harlan then? I like the idea of this, by the way. <laughs> this is so, so what do you think? I'm not going to go... I'm going to say, yeah, he's one of the best young talents I've ever seen in my life. The uh, best young talent I have ever coached. Is that what I'm going to say, for sure? Is that, have I been influenced by the situation I'm in? Did he really mean it? Did he say it just to bolster the confidence of, of the lad? Or is Phil Foden the best young talent that he's ever worked with? Remember, he's worked with Xavi, Iniesta, Messi, Messi Philip Lahm. Busquets was his prodigy, wasn't he? Yeah, so, so you know. Yeah, he so, so what, what, why, what, what do you think? Because I saw that um, one of our regular contributors, Paul, um, who's away on holiday at the moment, said uh, he may have just been you know, saying this for effect or he may have been misquoted. Well, I've seen him actually say it. And we're not misquoting him when he says he's the best young player yeah, I've ever seen. So he said that. So what do you make of what he said? That's a great boost to his confidence, isn't it? So you're going, are you going with the confidence boosting Foden, line Foden then? Foden must have walked out of there 10 foot tall. Because if I've got the boss saying to me, you're the best player I've ever seen, I'd be walking out of there 10 foot tall. So if it has the effect on him, fantastic. Whether he's the best player he's ever seen, I think that's another subject completely because... Maybe in 10 years' time, he might be proved right, and everyone will go, yeah, Pep's a genius, he said that 10 years ago. But until he's done what, like, to Xavi and Iniesta and Messi have done, you can't really compare. But I'm all for him saying stuff like that. If Foden goes out thinking, oh, yeah, fantastic, because he's now pushed him up a level for him to start thinking, I want to be in that team. He I get where team. you're coming from completely. The only fear I've got of this boosting the confidence is, is that by saying what he said, which he knew would be picked up everywhere, yeah. he's just heaped a lot of pressure on Phil Foden's shoulders. Is that a bad thing? Well, you I, tell I, me. I, I don't think so. Because Foden seems to me a well-grounded young lad. Wasn't it just before the um, the tour, there was an Adwood rep playing football with the kids. Running around, if you, I think you saw it on social media. Looked like he was having a great time. He seems a well-rounded individual. I don't think what was said is going to go to his head. I think he'll take it on board, but he'll walk out of there so full of confidence and so looking forward to getting in the team this season. <coughs> it'll be untrue. I don't think the players in the squad will let it, 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 it mess with his head either. I, I think there's, there's, some, there's some big characters in that, in that team. Vinny was obviously the biggest, but there's some big characters in there, especially in his position as well, David and, and Kevin, obviously at different ages. David's on the, the other side of 30, Kevin's on the other side of 30, and they can both mentor him. Ilkai's in there as well. So if they ever noticed him getting a bit too far ahead of himself even though they know how good he is I think that they'd reel him in a bit and, and coach him you've got four fantastic coaches um, yeah, sorry three fantastic coaches in there as well um, making sure you're grounded I don't think he'll go far wrong What did you make of what he said then? Um, I think um, I think Pep's the kind of manager he's not, well I call him a manager he is a manager but he's a head coach so he's very performance orientated um, but he's he's no BS Ian he doesn't I don't think he says things too much for effect. I just think that he's very open and honest, doesn't really care what people think. And I don't mean that he doesn't care what people think and that's a matter of fact and that. I mean, he doesn't care too much what people think about what he said because he's true to himself. And when Pep says something, he, he wouldn't say that if he knew 
like you said, may have happened, that it could affect Phil Foden. I don't think Pep would ever do something that he feels will be detrimental towards a player's future, his own team's future, or City as a whole, or any club that he's at, whether it be Munich, Barca B or Barca. But I go back to an interview that Harry Redknapp did about uh, Frank Lampard, I think it's 20 years ago now, uh, and he was sat next to him. And there was a, a journalist in the crowd that was having a go at Harry Redknapp saying, why is Frank playing? He's too young. He's not good enough. Stevie Cannum's better. And he, he basically knocked him down five or six times and said, no, uh, not just because Frank's, um, you know, my nephew, but Frank is by far one of the best trainers or the hardest workers I've ever seen. In fact, he's my best trainer at West Ham. Um, and Frank will go right to the very, 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 very top. Now, that might not happen with every player. But when a manager truly believes in a player's ability to go right to the top and they say it with that much conviction, I'm going to go with the manager. <clears throat> Obviously, there's been a suggestion that, that um, Phil Foden still might not be a regular this season. Um, and, and this is David Silver's last season, as we know. Um, and, and, and the only other thing I wanted to introduce into this debate, and obviously Tony's chomping at the bit to join in here, is that Pep at the moment has two years left on his contract. He hasn't extended, as I'm sure we'd all love him to do, which feels to me as if that means he will do two more years and then go. And I've also seen quotes that says Phil Foden is, is very much a Pep player. He, he plays the way Pep wants to play. And I don't want to make it sound like I'm being negative here. I'm only asking this question in the debate. If Pep goes in two years and Phil Foden is seeing the seeing next season, not the one that's just about to start, but the one after that as being the season of impact for Phil Foden, he'll only get one year under Pep and then new management will come in, whoever it is. But to add to that though, is I think one of the things we've done with Pep um, in terms of the reason we brought him in was to do this Pep style of football and the culture within the club. So a bit like Cruyff had that impact on Barcelona and that is their style. The next, the next manager we're getting in isn't going to be 11 men behind the ball and hit them on the counter-attack. They are going to be in the Pep mould if they're not already at the club. Obviously Arteta's rumoured, Vinny's rumoured to come back, etc. So whoever it might be will have that philosophy already, which Phil, having trained already, should be able to step up. Going back to the original quote, which I've actually just pulled up, because I read between the lines in terms of Pep, um, just in terms of his English, I suppose. He speaks great English, but also I think when you speak English as a second language, you often say things that are, aren't necessarily 100% how you mean. Because he did go on to say, um, he has Have everything... you got the full quote then? Well, Phil is the most, most, most talented player I have ever seen in my career as a manager. He has everything to become one of the best players. So it's that second part, and I think the caveat that wasn't said in terms of what Pep initially said was young players I have ever seen, because if it was as open and shut of he's the best player I've ever seen, then you wouldn't have he has everything to become one of the best. Yeah, if he already so, is, why would he have yeah, to become it? Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. that's why I read between the lines and of what he actually said and knowing English as a second language in that sense. And that's the only kind of caveat I throw onto that. I mean, he does have the potential, and I am hopeful like most Blues are with Phil, the only things that, probably the only negativity from me, I suppose, is I don't like the monikers that get banded about, such as Stockport Iniesta, um, mainly because, for me, you earn them, you've got to do it on the pitch, you've got to play, you know, not necessarily every week, but even once a month will be a start, let's start seeing, you know, for me, that 
goal against Spurs last season. Fantastic goal, but I just got to see him have more of a run out. And you know, I hope, I hope we do have mm-hmm. the next Colin Bell, etc. But how many times have we given youngsters that moniker that haven't fulfilled because we've put too much pressure on them too young? Um, but you know, as I say, I'm hopeful, and I really want him to go on. Um, I know we're going to touch on Sane, and I've seen a few people mention online saying that you know yesterday's game he was uh, subbed directly for Sane Foden, and maybe if Sane is to leave, then Foden's got game time in there as a winger rather than as a central midfielder. Um, so yeah, I think he will get more time this year, um, and I hope, as I say, he's uh, going to prove Pep and everybody else right because I really want to see this as a start of some of the academy players because in pre-season again we touched on Angelino earlier Bernabe really impressed yeah, with him class. Yeah, um, I would love to see him get a run out for Tommy more, Doyle more than a couple of games Howard Bellis again another one yeah. I would love to see get a bit of a run out um, and we always look to the transfer market and people say you know why are we not signing this kind of player that kind of player for me I think we're now going to start to see a bit more of the Barcelona pep in that sense where we'll blood a lot more youngsters because the EDS now seems to be more in Pep style and he seems to have more confidence in the current crop than he has in any other before them. I think the point you make about um, the second language could be undervalued by some people because obviously I go to all the pre-match press conferences that Pep does and often I sit there in the press conference and this isn't in me in any way knocking people, trust me, this is not what I'm saying, but you know the other journalists... Cause you know, in my family and through certain things that I've been doing recently, um, I have some experience of talking to foreigners um, where English is their second language. And it, it's become even more aware to me than it was before that sometimes things can get misstrued, you know, mis, misinterpreted just by the subtleties of language. And the number of times I've seen a, a journalist ask a press conference question and the manager's sort of gone... Um, not quite sure what you mean by that. And then they've done that English thing of saying exactly the same words again, a bit slower and a bit louder, instead of rephrasing what they're saying. To now, get the actual... Yeah. Like, and, and, yeah. and I'm thinking to myself, no, 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 he doesn't actually... You've got to say this in a different way now that he understands. Now, in just the same way, when Pep says things, if you actually wrote down the words, which is what you've effectively done there by reading that quote out... Sometimes when it's written down, it doesn't make sense and you almost have to retranslate that knowing that person. Trust me, I've got some experience of this. So, it, you know, that, that is a good point. Well, for, again, because I pick up on it because my uh, family's second language is English in that sense, um, my dad onwards. So um, you do have to read between the lines sometimes. And also, I think uh, there's a game certain journalists will play in terms of trying to trip him up because it is his second language to then use that quote to band about. We've seen it over the years when Mourinho first came to Chelsea. There was a lot of misquotes used because of his English. Yeah. Um, and I do think, you know, it sells papers and it gets clicked. So it's great to put it on there and say, can't believe he said this about this young kid. And everybody else goes, well, he's managed Messi. He's obviously lying. It's this, that and the other. Whereas um, I think, yeah, it was more about his potential than it was him currently as, you know, better than Messi, which, you know, I mean, to be honest, I think we could all agree, you know, in terms of the best players Pep's managed, even if we look at the current squad, we'd start off with probably Aguero, David Silva, you know, so that's, as I say, I'm not having to go up uh, Foden there, but in the current squad, he's not the best player, so you do have to read between those lines. Well, um, arguably, he's not even one of the best 11, yeah. because if, if you know, we, we were to go around this table or to ask this question on Twitter of, 
what is City's strongest eleven, would he get in that that eleven at the moment? I mean, and and again, of course, Russ has hinted at this already, um, but I, I guess it's something that we'd all, to a certain extent, agree with, which is that in the lesser games, in inverted commas, yeah. which by that I I assume you mean are the home games against you know, uh, teams from sort of mid-table downwards, those generally would fall into that category, or early rounds of the League Cup, maybe even the FA Cup, and maybe dead rubbers in the Champions League if it gets to that stage. Uh, but as we saw last season, winning the League Cup's pretty good. Yeah, Winning the FA Cup is pretty good. Yeah. That's how you end up with the treble. So, <clears throat> uh, let, let's move this on to the same question in a different way, because when I put this question out on Twitter, people started, one person particularly, I'll read it out in a second, I'll find it on my Twitter line, but basically came up with the City team that he thought would start the game at Wembley um, in the Community Shield. And it it didn't include Foden, so somebody else responded saying, I think I'd pick Phil Foden instead of another midfielder. And then I tweeted back, so who would you leave out? And that really is the question, isn't it? When you when you're talking about whether yeah, you're, you're not yeah, you're not talking about adding somebody in now. You're talking about to add you someone. You have twelve to players. Someone, so you've yeah. got to remove somebody. So to to really say that Phil Foden is ready to start a game means you've got to be prepared to leave out, really, frankly, a superstar. Yeah, because the because the the starting eleven is full of. Yeah, this players. is the eleven. Jacob Griffin said. My 11 for the Community Shield. And this is bearing in mind that Edison, Fernandinho, Jesus, um, Riyad Mahrez and Aguero are all missing uh, because of international duty and whatnot. So Bravo in goal, Walker and Zinchenko, the two full-backs, Laporte Stones, Rodri as the holding midfielder, KDB, David Silva, Bernardo Silva, Sterling and Sane. So somebody replied to that and said... Well, this guy replied to that and said, uh, what about Foden? Mark Garrett said that. Agreed, perhaps Foden in midfield and said. So I put, who for? And he said, well, I was thinking Foden perhaps would come in for David Silva. And then somebody else went, what? You know, so... And that's yeah. without these other five coming back. Maybe that is the plan for this season, with it being David Silva's. I mean, I got a lot of stick last year for saying that. I mean, most people know that I love David Silva as a player, but I said last year his legs haven't got it for every three days uh, in terms of the league. And I got stick for that, saying, well, David's been one of our best players. And I'm not disputing that. But if he is to continue for this full season, I think he will be a weekly player and maybe, you know, Foden is interchanged and given those opportunities this year. And I hope he is because I'd like to see more of him. I'd like to see what Pep's seen to give him these huge praises. But I just don't think we've seen enough of him as fans to be able to say, yes, he is going to be one of the best, the most talented players that Pep's ever seen. I think it's a good point about Silva, definitely. Because I think the game against Yokohama showed... I thought he was nowhere near as involved as he used to be. And I think slowly he's deteriorating. And I think this season, I think he'll be kept back for the most important games. I think there's a lot of games he won't play. You know, and it was said at the start of last season that he was going to be left out of a lot of games, but he ended up playing a lot of games because of Kev's injury. Yeah, yeah. And I think this season you'll see him play less and less and less. And I think that'll open more opportunities up for Foden. Hopefully. Well, not hopefully, you know, because we all love David Silver, don't we? To, to look at this from a different perspective, imagine imagine Phil Ford and played for somebody else, 
right? So imagine Foden come through uh, uh, Barcelona, for example. He's exactly the same player that he is, with a different name, more Spanish, Fordinho, you know, a Brazilian or someone. Um, and he is exactly the same as he is right at this moment in time. And we were to, to want him, Pep was to want to sign him from somewhere else. We had to pay big money for him. The money then would be the reason why he'd have to play. I understand that, but we, he'd come in and we'd have no option but to play him as the player he is right now. But because he's a, a player that's come through the ranks, we can continue to kind of put it off maybe and, and bed him in. But if you were to sign a player for £60, £70 million pounds and we'd pay that for Foden from somewhere else and bring him in as an, uh, as an import, he'd have to be a starter, wouldn't he? Which is what surprised me with Pep's comments, to be honest, because he's always... Foden's kind of been eased in, so he was training with the first team squad for a season. Then after that, he was taken on tour, and then we've seen him, you know, feature on the bench. And then last season, he got a couple of starts and came off the bench, as I say, in the Spurs game. Um, so Pep's kind of eased him in. Um, and then all of a sudden now, we're starting to, you know, say he's one of the most, most, most important uh, talents he's seen and things like that. So I think that gives an indication that we are going to hopefully see a lot more of him this year anyway. I think what? so. I, I think you've also got to think about when you said um, players who come in for big money, we pay big money for Rodri. But I don't expect him to play the important games in front of Fernandinho, not this season. I think it'll be the season after because I think it'll take him 12 months to bed him properly and we'll still have Fernandinho this year and I think Fernandinho will play in the really important games and Rodri will play the lesser games I hate to say lesser games because I think that's disrespectful but I think Rodri will be eased in and Fernandinho will still be the main man and I think that will probably be the same thing with to a degree, I think we may also see Fernandinho jump in as centre half and fill Vinny's role, and Rodri slightly in front of him and mm. tutor Rodri in that yeah. sense and kind of give him that experience and pass it on while we've got Fernandinho. Because again, obviously, as we know, he's you know, he's uh, in his thirties now, probably in the twilight years of his career. Yeah, yeah there's well, a couple I'm... of interesting subjects you bring up there, so I don't want to lose the thread. Uh, Phil Foden, you, you you said something though, which which I'd been toying with the idea of asking anyway, but you've pushed me into it now. I assume that the three of you are big Phil Foden fans, yeah. right? So here's the question for you, right? You talked about him being Brazilian or whatever. Let's just imagine that Phil Foden was Spanish, so therefore he's not the Stockport Iniesta. He's the new Iniesta, Bill Bowel mm-hmm. Iniesta or whatever. Yeah. What, I know it's a hard thing to do, but would you still think as highly of him? I think... What I'm getting at is, is it because he's Stockport born and he's a City fan, does that skew the way that people judge him? There's there's a romance, and we said this months ago, there's a romance that coincides with the fact that Foden was an academy prospect. He's as good as he is because he's fantastic. But there's a romance there, and you almost, as a City fan... I don't know. I don't know. You almost, as a City fan, feel forced into having to like him, even if for whatever reason you didn't like him. If you ever criticised Phil Foden, like a bit like you got a jip for criticising Silver because Silver's become a blue, and he's like Vinny's. He's he's a diehard blue now, and you see him as as a, as as part of the furniture. If you were to criticise Foden, you 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 are doing something wrong, and you 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 kind of feel pressured to to have his back, even if you thought he had a bad game or he not put a shift in, if he had played five games and on the bounce and not played well. And there's a romance to it. And um, I think we've got to somewhat detach that from it and see him as a professional football player that's a City fan. That's brilliant. 
but he plays for the club and he should be treated like every other player on that pitch. If he performs poorly, I'm sure Pep will tell him that he's performed poorly. But as fans, I think that it's only fair to treat every player the same. Um, and and you'll have your favourites, but let's not get carried away with doing that with Fordham because other players also deserve the, the same amount of, of positive... Um, Do you two agree with that? Because that's a great answer. He has to earn the shirt for me. It, doesn't, it depends on how hard he works on the training ground, but he has to earn the shirt. And that, the same goes for all the academy kids. I'm not a believer in putting kids in just for the sake of being kids who flip from Manchester. They've got to earn it. And I'm sure Pep will see that. If he earns it on the training ground, he will play. If he doesn't earn it, he won't play. It's that simple. What we think of him doesn't really matter. Personally, I've always... I've been a bit more... I'm a, I'm a pessimist when it comes to some of our kids sometimes. Too much so, in the sense that... We've done it way too many times before. I look back to you know Michael Johnson, for example, um, the next Colin Bell. Um, England, future England captain. Yeah, yeah. Um, he would have been, by he the way. He would have been, he was class. Big fan of Michael Johnson. Yeah, Stevie Island. I mean, we can go through you know um, quite a few of the uh, ones that didn't quite make it and say that. But for me, in Pep, I trust in that sense that there was times last year where we were struggling with injuries but Foden still wasn't getting a start and people were saying well why is Phil not starting why is Phil not starting and he's just not shown Pep enough at that point whether he's shown Pep enough now is a different story but my confidence in City is in Pep and if he says he's ready he's ready um, one of the things that sold me more on Foden was not seeing him in a City shirt but in the under-19s uh, over the summer and some of his performance for England in that and that's when I thought well that's not with the squad of City players and the calibre of City players that was just showed his raw talent and his raw quality and that sold it to me more than his cameo appearances in the City game uh, mainly because you can make mistakes in our squad and we've got another 10 world class players that will have you back yeah have you back and take over for you and you know cover you um, whereas in England especially at the unders uh, 19 stage they don't have those players and Phil held his own really really well so my opinion slightly changed over the summer but um, in, as I say it's over to Pep he will know when he's ready and I've got no reason to doubt Pep Kevin Jones on Twitter says are Pep's words about Phil purely a confidence boost which is what I've been suggested here surely he has to play him consistently to justify his words and he says give us a shout out at the OSC of Malta based at the Cactus Bar with the ex-Berry resident uh, I'm proud to be part of that's Kevin Jones so yeah, there you go. You've had a shout-out as well. Cheers, Kevin. Um, you mentioned briefly there about Fernandinho maybe going back into central defence. Uh, what, what, what conclusion do you draw from that if that's a serious consideration? Because Vincent Company played pretty much all of the crunch games at the end of last season alongside Laporte. Stones has been back in that position while Nicolas Otamendi is still returning from international duty. Are you questioning, I mean, the only way Fernandinho is going to play is if Stones doesn't. Stones is a centre-half, Fernandinho is a midfielder being converted into a centre-half. Does that mean you've got doubts over Stones? No, only fitness. Um, that will probably be my only doubts with regards to Stones. He has made mistakes in terms of the odd game, but I think that comes down to consistency of playing. Um, week in week out you do you know get that confidence from running the team um, as we saw in the season prior to the last when he got that run he was uh, one of the first names on there so I think 
Um, in terms of Fernandinho dropping back, that's more um, as cover because we know he can play there. Experience, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if you know we see it interchanged, but. Some of that will also depend on Otamendi. You know, if he stays or goes, we don't know yet, obviously. Um, if he was to go, I can see Fernandinho being used. But I'd also like to see some of the youngsters, as you know, who said, that looked really good. Uh, Tommy Doyle, for one, um, being stepped up. But is Stones good enough? Yes. Can he do it week in, week out, as his legs got it? And yet to be proven. OK, well, let's move on to Leroy yep. Sane, because obviously he's still a big talking point. He pl- went out on the tour, he played in, uh, in two or three, well, I think he played in all the games at some point, but he certainly was very heavily involved. Um, Manchester Evening News reported this week that, uh, the, that Bayern Munich had opened talks. Um, I'm not saying City confirmed that, but certainly the rumours, whichever way you look at it, won't go away. The deadline for the transfers this year is a lot earlier, uh, certainly for signing players into the Premier League, because it's just before the big kickoff against West Ham in City's case. So you can still, in theory, leave the club. I also saw somebody on Twitter, which I'll find in a minute or two, saying, don't let him go after the transfer deadline, because then you can't sign anybody. So I get that. Um, but how do you, how do we all feel about... Leroy Sane because I've seen different views from the extreme of he wants to go get rid of him don't like him anymore and to others saying it gets him a bit, at all costs it gets a bit erratic though Ian there's, there's something wrong uh, I'm not going to I'm not pointing at anyone everyone's entitled to say what they want to say but there's something a tiny bit wrong with our fan base at the moment with regards to there's a petulance involved and there's a there's a reactionary way of doing things and it, it I don't think people think before they tweet, and I call it think before you tweet, and it's just, it gets quite abusive, and I just kind of think, well, I don't want you to look daft afterwards, because, you know, it, it can get a bit silly in the end, but I was talking to my granddad about Sane uh, yesterday, my granddad's, a, my granddad's an Oldham fan, actually, by, um, well, by default, but uh, he watched City through the 60s, uh, he's a massive football fan, my granddad, um, you know, when my dad was working away when I was younger, obviously my granddad was always the guy I watched football with. He's the guy that I discuss it with for hours and hours on the phone. Uh, we have really in-depth discussions. and We were chatting about Sane, and, and um, with me, love Leroy. Um, I couldn't wait for us to get the deal over the line when, when he was at Schalke and we were rumoured to be signing him. When we first brought him in, um, I was absolutely over the moon. Um, and he's performed very, very well over the past three seasons. But... I think the more and more footballers get wrapped in cotton wool now, the more and more they have less to do with regards to clarifying things and everything's left to City to to tell people what's going on. And I understand that. The players are protected and, and they can't really say how they feel or what they want to do or not do. But I think it's time now for, for, for professional football players to start being a bit more real again and, and actually coming out and putting their neck on the line and saying, I'm not quite sure yet what I want to do, but I've not actually heard Sane come out publicly and say, I'm not quite sure. At least if he says that, we know where we stand, his mind's not made up, and I can't I'm not can't be mad at him for being tempted by Munich. It's the biggest club in you know from the country that he's from. So I can't go mad at him for being intrigued by that and, and wondering what that would be like. So if he's confused, I've not got a problem with that. But I'd rather know he's confused. And at the same time, it's a case of him now saying that he wants to go or stay because my primary um, allegiance is to City and I want what's best for City, really. Bear in mind that the, the words that 
footballers at City speak are always authorised and put through a press office. So Sane, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yeah, of course. Here, right? yeah. So Sane set thinks, yeah, I'll say something about it. Um, the press office go, what, what are you going to say? Well, I'm going to say I'm not sure yet. Um, you know, it might be interesting going back to Germany. Do you let him say that? No. No, you can't. You can't. You can't let him say that. But you wouldn't say the second bit. He'd just say I'm not sure yet because the media so the are already th- saying that anyway. So the only thing he can say that would get past the press office, and this I'm not criticising the yeah, press. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm just trying to be realistic. Is I want to stay. Now, if he was wanting to say that, and the club were wanting him to stay. Then you think that the the club, yeah, no problem. We'll put that statement out, put it out on Twitter. How do you want to phrase it and authorize all that? But if he puts any doubt into the equation or says he wants to leave, how can they possibly sanction that? Because then, if he doesn't leave, it's all going to be thrown back in his face. So therefore, so the only statement that he can possibly do on social media through a press conference, whatever it is, is to say a hundred percent, I'm staying. I think it also weakens buying. Uh... City's hand in negotiations with Bayern if he was to come out and say anything at all because if he was to say I want to leave Bayern go well he wants to come to us you're either going to have an unhappy player so we'll buy him for X instead of Y which you know the club are going to try and get a higher value so I'm not too sure they would allow him to say anything of you know uh, footballers are to PR train these days from what they put out on social to what they can do and I think we'll never see a player come out and say they want to go unless it's such a public thing such as Gareth Bale for example you know and that's come a bit of a public spat between manager and player um, my stand on Sane is simple if he wants to go he can go um, that's not because I don't think he's a great player or is that he's not any good I, completely the opposite I think he's a brilliant player he's going to be one over the next eight to ten years that will probably not necessarily regret letting go um, but will do really well wherever he goes however as you say, the club comes first and I'm of the mentality of I only want players that want to play for the club. So if you don't want to, then it's over to the club, get the best price we can for him um, and maybe get a replacement in. If we don't get a replacement, do we have enough there? Probably to not get an immediate replacement. Um, slightly different discussion. I don't think our transfer window should change with everyone else, but that's a different topic uh, altogether. I think we should be in line and if not, they should be in line with us. Um, because I just think it affects the English clubs too much, the fact that other clubs can still buy a month after ours closes, which I just don't think is right in terms of finding replacements because you can unstabilise a player even if you don't buy them and get them try and get them cheaper in January, as we yeah. saw with the whole Sanchez saga uh, with Arsenal, was he transfer window closed, he was unstabilised, didn't really have a great half a season yeah, at Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. Then, obviously, January came around and, obviously, we know what happened there. So, um, yeah, I think if he wants to go, he needs to let the club know because, if I'm not mistaken, I did read that we have offered him a new contract last year as well, which he didn't sign. So, indicators are there, but he just needs to make his decision so the club can get the ball rolling one way or another, in my eyes. This is pure speculation. It's not based on anything other than that. However, it does occur to me that what might actually be going on, because City are very mindful now of FFP, because obviously there's been this investigation which never seems to have concluded and we hope it's just gone away. But with that in slightly in the background and the scrutiny that City are always under, it makes you wonder whether what's really happening is that City want to put a pot together to be able to go and sign Harry Maguire or to sign somebody else of that ilk. 
Uh, I mean, that's a, I know we're not debating Harry Maguire in this, but the point is, if Sane went to Bayern Munich for ninety million, suddenly you can sign Harry Maguire for. 60, 70 million and whatever it is. You've got an extra 10 or 20 that goes towards Rodri, who you've already signed, added to the two players you just let go, one to Aston Villa and, you know, players and, and obviously uh, Fabian Delft going, and you've practically balanced your books. So could it be that it suits City for a negotiating start with, with Bayern and actually they've got a bigger plan in mind? Yeah, and there was a thing the other day as well, Ian, where people were debating whether whether we'd need to replace Leroy straight away. And in my eyes, I kind of said, well, now we've got, now we've got Angelino, um, you know, and Mendy coming back. He'll be back in September. I wouldn't be too disappointed if we were to move Zinchenko a bit further up, further up the pitch. Is that his natural position? And play him as a left winger. Well, he's, he's, a, he's a central attacking midfielder, isn't he? A number 10. But um, he, he's clearly shown that he can, he, can, he can go up and down the flank. He can come inside when you need him to. Um, and he's very, very efficient on the ball. Um, a lot better than a lot of City fans even thought he was. Um, but I go back to Delph. Delph was a lot better than people thought he was. A very, very, very astute footballer that was always seen as uh, just a, another English midfielder that's, that's not quite that good. But very good player. And Zinchenko's another one of, uh, of them. And I wouldn't see any harm in asking him to become a, a left winger, in my opinion. I'm going to introduce the, the subject that I'm going to mention now more next week in the podcast because that'll be the one that's leading up to the big Premier League kickoff. Um, but there is a big question that feels has to be answered, and that is Vincent Company, because not only is it, has he been a great player for City during the 10 years, but you'll have seen, especially if you've got this app that City have brought out, you'll have seen the speeches that he did at the end of the season, and it, you didn't already know that emphasised to me what a big, powerful voice he was in the dressing room, what a huge influence he was. So forget his actual contribution on the pitch. To me, he is, he's almost impossible to replace as, a, as an influence within Manchester City. So I still think that is something that has to be discussed. Now, well, why don't we discuss it now? Got to leave something for next week, haven't we? So that's the subject that if you're listening to this podcast now and you want to give me some views on ahead of next week's podcast, do it. And obviously anything you're hearing from any of the contributors, please feel free to offer your thoughts as well. I don't mean be a troll and just be idiotic and do stupid stuff. I'm talking about a rational debate here, which is what we're trying to have. Uh, so what, what I'll do to finish off this podcast is now look ahead to the Community Shield. Last season, City won the Community Shield and went on to win the treble as well. And when the, the big parade happened, the big sign said, Formidables. And there's, I think there's a, an official City magazine that came out as well. I think it's official. I've got it and it's called Formidables. It's a glossy magazine. I'm 99% sure that was produced by the club. So therefore, the club have, have used the brand name of Formidables, even though a lot of people would say, ah, it doesn't matter. We won the treble, the domestic treble. Yeah. Now, if we lose to Liverpool next week, will people then go, ah, we're only interested in the treble, that's nonsense, and wipe all that out? Or if they do win, go, oh, we're back on for the, the Formidable season again, or the Sanctuplet, because it, it seems to swing whether or not we win it or not. So... Against that background, how important is it to beat Liverpool in the Community Shield next week? 
For me, when it comes to the Community Shield, um, not very. However, I get why the club see it as that because in Spain, in Italy, I think it's the Cup Winners' Cup or the Supercoppa Del Rey, uh, Supercoppa Italia, for example, and it's held in a higher esteem. I don't think that the name of it does it much favour in terms of Community Shield um, and also the way you can have six substitutes. So it's not treated as a proper game. It is treated as a friendly in the eyes of the tournament holders, which is why as fans, we can take it or leave it. I mean, I remember a couple of seasons ago with Mourinho at United when they did the UEFA, um, the UEFA League, Europa League, sorry, they counted that as a treble. Some United fans were telling me that, you know, counting in the Community Shield. It all depends. If you win it, you glow about it. If you don't, it's a tin pot trophy. And every fan base is the same when it comes to the Community Shield. Um, this year, slightly different though, because we should just play um, our EDS squad because we won both. So I don't think... <laughs> if Liverpool were, uh, were to beat us next week, for example, they can load it, but they're there by default. I would have liked to have seen maybe, I think it was Gary James on Twitter that said it would have been good for Norwich, who won uh, the championship, to have been given a go because they could have done with the revenues and also it would have been their champions versus the champions and that would have been a nice season opener. Um, but if we've got to go and deal with Liverpool again, then no doubt we're ready for it and uh, yeah, I'm extremely confident in that sense. I think I think it's, it's, it's massive to beat them, in my opinion, next week because it sets us off... Um, for another blinding season, in my opinion. I'm going to be just as optimistic um, and just as excited as I was last season, even though at times it took its toll on, I think, everybody in this room and the whole fan base. Um, but for me to beat Liverpool next week, not only is it a win in the Community Shield, but it's also another feather in our cap, as if to say, there's two for everything else that's gone on in the last couple of years. Um, and it's always nice to get one over on your rivals, and they've become a bit of a rival now. Um you know they're not important, but uh, they're they're a rival now, and we've we've got to look at them as that. And in my opinion, whether it's for a cup, whether it's just a friendly, uh, well not a friendly, but a competitive match, which it is, you've got to go into every game to try and win. And for me, we've got to win it. That's the pep way though, isn't it? I don't know if you saw the video of him, uh, what seemed to be berating Kyle Walker in the friendly uh, against yeah uh, Homer yesterday, and you know everyone else is thinking, oh, it's a friendly, it doesn't matter what happened, you know, but that's the pep style we are going to go out and win it uh, or try to at least and I think uh, the community shield is no different what if, we, what, what if we don't win it because you've said all of the benefits you can get from winning it what if Liverpool win it next week then the media will make an absolute mountain out of it yeah I'd swap it for three points at Anfield I'd agree with that yeah. I don't all think anybody would dispute <laughs> that really would they um you know, I think when it comes down to it, clearly it is the fourth most important of, of everything, or fifth most important of everything that City will be involved in. But because it's Liverpool, and because the whole Premier League title race will be billed as City versus Liverpool Mark II, is this going to be psychologically, we're not players, but I, I think if I was playing in this game, and we lost to Liverpool, especially if we were to lose quite emphatically, that might affect me. It might do, but their, their front three's out, haven't they? They've got no Mane, no Salah, no... Um, who's the other one? Firmino. Firmino. I, I've heard rumours that, that, that Firmino played in some game today, right. so I'm not you sure that where they stand with that. We'll deal with that when it comes, yeah. but whatever team is put out... It's going to be hard, it's, but it's pre-season friendly. If we win it, great. 
if we don't, I'm not that bothered to be honest. You know, it was nice to, to have the four, but like I said, I prefer three points at Anfield if given the choice. Are you are you going to Wembley? I'm not no, no, no I'll be away. So unfortunately, it's, it's too late. I can't keep afford going to Wembley. That wasn't a judgment. It was just a question no. because. Another thing that I'm wondering about is what sort of crowd is going to go down here for this Community Shield. Um, and, I'd, and I've not seen any figures or, or anything, but I sense that cost, holiday season, lots of things will come into it. But yeah. there's also the fact that City have played the, you know, so many times. They were there five times last season. And, and a mate of mine who's a long-standing City fan who's gone to home and away longer than I've gone... So, uh, I think he's still going to go now, but he said to me at one point, I don't want to go because it's Liverpool and, and, and I'm not going to enjoy that as much because of the intensity of the rivalry. What, what, how many do you think is going to go down there from City? I don't think there'll be many, to be honest. I think if we take 15,000, it'll be good. But it's, it's Wembley again, isn't it? You know, the Charity Shield where we played Chelsea, Villa Park, I thought that was fantastic, you know, because that was pretty full both ends. I think it was sell out from what I remember. The Chelsea might not have quite sold out. But that was brilliant. The atmosphere was superb. Great game of football. The charity seals have been served Wembley. I've just been expense. You know, that I don't really need. Like, I can't justify. You know, it's just been another day out where you've got to stay over, you've got to get a train there, the train back, or hours on a coach. It's a long way just for the game that doesn't really mean that much. But that's why it should also be, in my opinion, three o'clock on a Saturday rather yeah. than a Sunday. Mm. I would go on the Saturday, but I'm not going on the Sunday because I've got business to on the Monday. So I can't get in at one in the morning and then, you know, carry on with the next normal working day, half zombie. Um, ideally, if it was on a Saturday, three o'clock kickoff, transport, trains, etc., a lot easier. You could stay overnight, go in the morning, come back down. Um, but, you know, as we know, when it comes to Wembley, they've got a bill to pay in terms of paying back the uh, building of the stadium. So it's all, it. down, <laughs> all down to, you know, TV and uh, corporates and that To sense. be fair, though, they played it at three o'clock on the Saturday. That's the time when all the football league kicks off the new season. Um, that would be a bit unfair on them, wouldn't it? So I understand why it's a Sunday. And again, no judgment on this, Tony. But if this was the FA Cup final... You'd get home at one o'clock in the morning. You'd find a way to get back into work the next way day, wouldn't you? <laughs> no, because I didn't last year. Oh well, that's fair. Uh, same with the Carabao because there's a work-life balance when it comes to City. Unfortunately, um, I would love to, but it's just not a feasible. And uh, as I say, work commitments means that I've got to be there. If I'm not there to open the door, no one is. And you know, it's uh, gets to that point that you've got to decide. You know, am I going to follow City to? the edge of the earth or am I going to you know have money to pay the bills and most people will pay the bills and now I'm, now I'm going to go to Harlan because last week and to a certain extent the week before on a podcast we talked about points and and the, the, the unavailability of tickets so I've got to say of course for this one I suspect that you won't need to have any points and that they'll be on open sale so and, and I can say this to Harlan because We've become good friends the last couple of years, so we can have a go at him. So I take it you're going to Wembley, are you? No, I'm not. Why not? There's a good reason why as well. Yeah, go on. Because uh, me and Jess have dedicated the 4th of August, because it's our 5th anniversary, together. Well, why can't you go to Wembley um, together? I was going to take her, actually, as, as, as a treat. Um, but we, we're going to watch the game, um, and we're going to go out for a nice... So Me you're old. so desperate, um, and you're coming on, you know, talking about. No, 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 no. I am, I am, I am, I am, I am, I am desperate. Yeah. But there's, uh, the, the, 
I want to take Jess to Wembley when it's packed for the first time. I wanted to go to the FA Cup final. I couldn't get a ticket for the FA Cup final. The first time she goes to Wembley, I want it to be like the first time I went to Wembley, which was when I watched us beat United 1-0. I don't want it to go to an half-empty Wembley Stadium. Even though it's still watching the boys, I want the whole day to be what what Wembley should yeah. be. Do you know what I mean? As we're recording this on a Sunday, tickets are still available on open sale. The only criteria is you went to one fixture at the Etihad Stadium last year. So, you know, it's a week away. It's an away game in that sense. They are still available. They're um, offering family tickets as well. Up to you? six. Yeah, I got an email the other day saying you could buy a family ticket at a reduced rate. You know, so obviously ticket sales aren't going well and it doesn't surprise me. But again, holiday season plays holiday a big season, part in that. Yeah. But fi- financially for me at the moment as well, it is, it is, I've only just paid me instalments for my season card. I'm not you know, in the best financial, uh, like a lot of people that are my age that have come out of university and stuff, I'm not in a hugely great financial situation. So I, it, it's, it's, I've, got to, I've got to give and take, do you know what I mean? And I've got to, I've got to pick me got to pick my games and unfortunately at this moment in time a lot's gone out this month and I can't afford to go but we're going to try and have a nice meal watch the game we'll have our city shirts and we'll be the only people in the restaurant we're in club shop so uh, yeah that's that's me and Jez in a nutshell thanks very much to Russ for making his uh, Forever Blue uh, debut uh, obviously to Harlan and particularly to Tony who's, uh, who's been a big supporter of the podcast for the last six months he's now going to move on to the vlogs so the, the vlogs that we do on YouTube, which do return, I'll be at Wembley doing my normal stuff outside the ground. You'll be able to find that YouTube video uh, within a couple of hours of the game uh, next Sunday. Uh, and um, then there will also be mention of hot click marketing or hot ha, at hot underscore click. If you want to follow them on Twitter and it's all down to Tony, who I'm very grateful to. Not only for your support in that sense, but for being part of the podcast tonight Thank as well. You. And hopefully it won't be the last time we hear you on the podcast. Hopefully not. Second cap, so you never know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we might get another call up. So thanks very much for listening. Really appreciate it. Obviously give us five stars if you see the review. Subscribe um, and, and tell everybody about it. Thank you a lot. See you next week.